everybody. Before we get started with today's show, I want to encourage you to go connect with us. You can find us on YouTube. Um, just search the Kingdom Conscience Conversations podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Selena Bowie. And also go to our website, www.thekingdomconscience.com. All right, let's get to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Kingdom Conscience Conversations podcast. I'm your host again, Selena Gilbuy, and I'm so glad that you're here with us. This is a special podcast for me because I have my special guest today is my first forever friend, Miss Meredith Hurston. How are you? Hey, friend. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get her to do this with me for a, a quite a long time and finally, you know, everything aligned and we were able to sit and chat. But I just want to be here. Uh, I'm so glad. <laughs> we're so glad to have you. Um this is your uh, official introduction. My, my my first forever friend. Everybody has to know you because you're so special to me. Oh, um, thank you. And <laughs> The topic of our, well, one of the topics, we'll probably bounce around a little bit, but one of the main topics of our conversation today is going to be um, the power of friendship. And um, I'm going to let Meredith kind of tell you a little bit about herself first, and um, we're going to talk about how we, we met. And I really wanted to do this just to really kind of pay homage to her because she I mean, she stepped up as a friend. Not that she was ever a bad friend, but when I got sick, y'all, I mean, she just touched my heart in such a special way. So, um, but we'll get to that. So, Meredith, can you tell the people who you are, where you reside, and anything you want us to know about yourself? I'm Meredith. <laughs> Meredith Hurston. Um, I live in Baltimore. I've been in Baltimore for 12 years. I'm originally from Flint. What up, though, Flint Town? <laughs> Fly City, the 810, that is home. Grew there, um, born there, um, grew up there all my life. Um, and I moved to Baltimore, I guess, 12 years ago. And should I say how we met? <laughs> sure, sure. We're going to talk about it, yeah. <laughs> so Selena and I met, I guess, when we were babies or toddlers. <laughs> yeah, we were babies, so... My mother was a school teacher out in uh, Beecher Community Schools. She was teaching at uh, Summit. She taught at Summit for a long time, and then she moved on to the high school. But um, my mom taught a lot of the Gill kids, which is Selena's family. Mm -hmm. So um, my mom became very close with, you know, some of them. And then, like, before she had me, before my time. So, um, you know, my mom, she met my dad, and they got married, and they had me. And um, I, get, I, I don't know how the story went, but I'm imagining in my head that, you know, she was expecting it, like had a baby. She was a school teacher. So, of course, the topic of child care comes up. Mm -hmm. And so Selena's grandmother, um, Mrs. Juanita Gill, she stepped up and she was like, you know, you've been so kind to my, you know, my family and my kids. Um, you know, I'm happy to keep your daughter <laughs> for you. And so I started going over, um, I called her Miss Gill. I started going over Miss Gill's house uh, since I was a baby and probably never stopped. <laughs> right, right, right. And that is where I met Selena. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I kind of introduced this idea of 
you know, they say you can't choose your family, but you choose your friends. I think in some in some instances, God will choose your friends and you choose whether or not they stay. You know, they say some people are in your life for a moment, some are in there for a lifetime. And I truly believe that you are um, here for a lifetime. And, um, you know, even though we don't talk every day, we I don't think I think we we both have that um, where we don't really like to talk on the phone a lot. But, you know, we check up and we, you know, don't, we check in, as you say. And um, and when, when we need each other, I think we're there for each other. And so I really Absolutely. just I'm trying to tell you when I was sick, mm-mm-mm. Meredith called me. She called me probably on a weekly basis, um, checking up, how am I doing? And because of her her background and her career, um, she knew a lot about things that I should be looking for um, as far as my blood tests and tests that I could ask for. So she was such a wealth of information. And she I don't even know if you really think you know how much you helped me. And it meant so much because I was in such a strange place and I felt alone, even though I did have my family checking on. But to have a friend that all the way in Baltimore calling me, and I can tell that she genuinely cared. We said we weren't gonna cry on here. I don't even know why. My We're not doing that today <laughs> at all. But I do. I'm telling you, I love you so much, and I. I mean, it just. It, now I'm gonna tell you. When we was growing up, I always wanted to be like you. Did I tell you that? Why? <laughs> You know why? Let me tell you. You have never told me that. Good never Lord, why? That. And you know why? Because it just seems like it seemed like you had it all growing up. It did. It seemed like you had it all. Every time I would come, and, and you know how it was back in the day. We didn't get to spend the night over people's house like that. Mm-mm. But my mom allowed me to spend the night with you. Um, and I don't think it was a lot, but it was a couple times I remember. Um, your, your mom was so sweet, so nice. Your dad, I remember him, so sweet and nice. And it just seemed like you had everything. I would go over there. She had a piano. She had every gadget. She had a saxophone. She had a canopy bed. I'm telling my your business. She had everything. And I was like, dang, I just, man, this must be nice. You know, I <laughs> just tell I you. I never knew this. This is this is hilarious. <laughs> as, as a kid, you know, though, we always looking at others and like, man, she got a maid, you know. She don't have no siblings to take care of. She don't have no, um, you know. But it was just, it was nice hanging out. Always, always enjoy coming over to your house. Um, you made, uh, our, one of my memories is you made eating um, chocolate ice cream. look so good. What's I doing? <laughs> I think that was your favorite ice cream. But that's a crazy memory, but okay, you know me. Uh, but I was like, man, she don't, I mean, you just seem like everything was, was perfect for you. You was, you know, in, in a lot of, um, activities and you did a lot of things and I just enjoyed it. So needless to say, as I ramble, I'm so glad that God brought you into my life. And, um, I really do believe this is a forever friendship. So I'm so grateful. Yeah, I am uh, forever thankful um, that that you are, you know, my forever friend and, and like my family and, you know, thankful for your family as a whole. Like, um, I always have somewhere to go. Like, I was always able to be, you know, around other kids and 
you know, people um, that knew the Lord. <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, thankfully my mom, you know, someone stepped up to, you know, childcare that, you know, knew God and it wasn't, I wasn't exposed to probably things that I shouldn't have been exposed to at an early age. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's a blessing. So, yeah, I always like, you know, coming around you guys with a big family, lots of kids, people to play with, you know, things to do. So, yeah, I enjoyed that. So my you see, my favorite memory, this isn't really from childhood. This is as an adult. But speaking about being sick, I wasn't necessarily sick, but I had to have surgery mm-hmm. in 2013. And I was so scared. That was my first time having, like, major surgery. I had to have um, a myomectomy to have some fibroids removed. Mm-hmm. And you called me, and you were like, I'm coming to see about you. And I was like, what? I was like, no, I'm okay. I had I had a little boyfriend at the time. And I was like, oh, he's going to look out for me, which he did. Uh-huh. But Selena got on the plane and she came out here and she was like, I want to make sure that, you know, you're good. I want to lay eyes on you and make sure that you're good and see if there's anything I can do for you. You came and stayed for, what, like four days or so? I think so. Three or four days. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was a blessing. and I, I appreciate you for that. You know, and I and, and even though you were recovering, you, you rolled out the red carpet. I think it was close to my birthday and we had a wonderful dinner and all that stuff. So. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. But that's, you know, that's the power of friendship. And, you know, all relationships are really important. But sometimes we do take for granted those those people who maybe, you know, don't come from the same um, genetic code as we do. But I do believe, um, you know, you're much more than a friend. You are like family, you know. I'm so comfortable around you. I, I can talk. I don't feel like I have to put on airs. And I really think that's what a true friend is like you take me for who I am my quirkiness I don't I don't feel like I gotta put on and um the one thing I think I believe and even the the, the scripture talks about it um that you want it it says iron sharpens iron you know you want some friends that's going somewhere you don't want yeah you don't want friends that um you, you know you always gotta pull up but you want some friends that's going to encourage you to come higher and you have truly been that friend. One of the things I want to talk about, um, and I, I mentioned to you earlier, you seem to have a fearlessness when it comes to um, being adventurous or, and I don't know if fearlessness is the right word. If you don't think so, you, you can change it. But that's what I see you as. Like, you don't have fear. You try new things. And I love that about you. You're so adventurous. Um, a couple years ago, pre-pandemic, you took a trip to um, Africa by yourself. Yep. yep. <laughs> and to be honest with you, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Tell us about that. I was going to say, to be honest with you, I don't really know where that comes from. I don't know if it was because I was raised as an only child. Like, um, I'm not afraid to do things by myself. I mean, and I won't say I'm not afraid. I have a little bit of fear, but I'll just go ahead and do it. I don't know if you've ever heard that story, you know, heard that phrase, do it scared. Mm-hmm. But I'll just go ahead and do stuff. Because I'm like, I, I thought about it for a long time. I'm like, this is a little bit crazy. But how I ended up going to, I went to Ghana in December of 2019. And how I ended up going was um, in December 2018, like around the holiday times on Instagram. I think it was Essence Magazine might have posted like a bunch of pictures from Afrochella. It was like Boris Kojo and Nicole Ari Parker and a bunch of celebrities and stuff mm-hmm. were over in Ghana for Afrochella and they had all of these 
you know, bright, vibrant colors of clothes on. And they showed some pictures of where they had gone to like the slave dungeons and, you know, done some, you know, historical things for context and culture. And I was like, I, I want to go. I got to be there, you know, for the next, co- the Afrochella. I was like, I got to go. So I purposed in my heart then that I was going the next year. And I did. And I went by myself. I think I told a few people and nobody was really able to go. So I bought my ticket in March and booked my little Airbnb and I went for 10 days and I had a ball and it was like God lined everything up. It was kind of like divine orchestration because I didn't know um, anybody in Ghana. Like I know some people that are Ghanaian, but I didn't know anybody in Ghana. So I booked my Airbnb. Um, It was like a, a one, a two bedroom apartment. And I was, you know, staying by myself. I had gotten a second room somebody decided to kind of join me at the last minute as I was sharing my plans but I ended up going solo and you know they were the nicest people um it was a, a upstairs apartment in a house like it would have my own private interest and all of that but the uh, host for the Airbnb they were the nicest people they made me food um I paid the lady to make me some dresses and stuff but my tour guide I kind of uh happened up on him because I posted in a Facebook group um where I was actually, I searched a travel Facebook group about Ghana and um, this lady had the previous year, she had posted about her experience going to Ghana and I inboxed her and asked her, did she know of any tour guides? And um, Ironically, she ended up living right here in Maryland. So we actually met before I went to Ghana, but she referred me to a tour guide and mm-hmm. he did my tour. Um, he took me several different places and it worked out great. I didn't have any issues. There was never a time I was scared or you know, felt like I couldn't call anyone or like I was in danger. It was it was awesome. I had an amazing time. But that fearlessness, I don't really know. I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> it's, it's like a stubbornness. When I get something in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to do it. And unless, you know, God, you know, drops in my spirit that, that that's not that's not something you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Or I feel, you know, some sense of angst or something about it. Then I, I proceed. <laughs> Girl, I love that so much. That's one of the men major things that I admire about you but I I heard you say unless God gives me something in my spirit and that's the key I want to stop and encourage people right now to we gotta have that sense of fearlessness a lot of times we sit around and say oh I wish I would have I could have I should have did this but really the power is within you God says I have not given you the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. And when you connect with that spirit that's in you that I believe told you, you know what, that's the check system. I like to say it's kind of my check system. If you feel something weird in your spirit, you know, God is saying, uh-uh, don't do that. As long as you have that there available to you, you you good. And to have that ability to um, just go. Even if the other people say they don't want to go with you. A lot of times, sometimes we allow people to stop us because they don't want to do it. So yeah, and you can't like, let, let people dictate, you know, your your future and you know your life's enjoyment. You, yes. what, what you call to do, what you feel led to do, you do. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not out of the will of God, go on and do it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I really hope that those that are listening hear that and are encouraged because you know, you only get one life to live. And as long as you keep God first, he created this great world for us. And I don't want to, I don't want to leave personally. I don't want to leave this world having not, you know, just seen my street and my community. It's so much, 
so much more world to be explored. And so I thank you for sharing that. And you definitely have encouraged me to um, be a little bit more fearless. It's, it's, it's funny you say it could be your stubborn will, just like when I get something in my mind, it's just going to happen, you know? <laughs> Pretty much. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny, but you know, whatever it takes to get you, um, when you get your mind on something, I was talking to my husband, there's nothing you can't, people do what they want to do. You know, it ain't nothing you cannot do. Mm -hmm. It's if you want to put the effort and put whatever it takes to get there. Um, Agreed. Yes, to persevere, to be tenacious, to push past every obstacle. You know, because I'm sure there were probably times while you were planning for the trip that you said, well, maybe I won't do, maybe I won't go, maybe I'll just wait till this time. But something and you said, nope, oh, come on, let's just do it. Not knowing that we were going to go into a pandemic and you wouldn't have been able to do it that next year, probably. Mm -mm. I would not have been able to go in 2020. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a great time. I met so many cool people, like some people I still keep in touch with you know, on WhatsApp, we're connected on Facebook. It it was it was amazing. I, I would have I can't say I would have regretted it if I didn't go because I wouldn't have been able to experience it to not know, but I absolutely, you know, made the right choice. I don't have any regrets about going and I definitely want to go back and take people with me because I feel like we need to see see that history and understand that the history and connection that we have with that with Africa. Absolutely. God's willing. I've already told you I want to be on that. I want to be on that trip with you. So I pray that everything works out that I can make that happen. I pray so too. By the close of 2023, we're going to have to have bust the move. <laughs> now let's shift to a new area of this that I've seen this fearlessness, if you will, in your life, um, in your career. You have had a life in this short span of time. I mean, you've been a lot of different things. I know you've been in the army. You've yep, traveled I was in the reserves. Yep, you traveled, of course. Uh, we talked about that, and then you've had several different jobs. And the job that you're in right now, you're it's a great one. It sounds so good, but you're not satisfied. So tell us about where you are now <laughs> and what you're doing. Can you do that? I can. Okay. Look, who gonna see this? No, I'm just no. <laughs> <laughs> no so um, before before I left um, Flint, I was working at Hurley. I had worked at McLaren, so I've been working in healthcare for over twenty five years. I'm telling my age, but mind y'all business. <laughs> but I've been working in healthcare for over twenty five years, and I started out working for Quest Diagnostics as a phlebotomist, and I moved on to McLaren. Um, I started there as a phlebotomist and I became a lab assistant and I went to, um, I finished school to get my, uh, medical technology degree, which is clinical laboratory sciences. So I became a med tech and I started working as a med tech at Hurley. And I did that. Um, I left Hurley in December of 2009 and I relocated to Baltimore. Um, and I came here for a job, um, as a quality specialist for the laboratory. So um, what my title was like, QA technologist or something like patient safety data coordinator, something like that. Um, and I got promoted one time since I've been here, but I, um, I'm looking to like switch trajectories. I'm looking to pivot into technology. So, and it's something that I've been wanting to do for a while. Like I've wanted to 
um, look for new work for a while, but I also have an entrepreneurial spirit. So every time it would be time to look on Indeed or look on LinkedIn at jobs, I could never figure out what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it finally kind of became a little bit more clear. I would say around 2019, I'm like, I want to move into tech. And I was like, I was thinking about like um, learning cloud stuff to be a solutions architect. Um, So um, fast forward to today, like last year um, at my job, I was able to get into a program where I could learn data analytics, learn more about data analytics, because that's something that I do in the day to day anyway but to learn some more advanced data analytic tools Mm -hmm. and that has really been a blessing and it has um really broadened my knowledge base about technology and all the things that i could do so um i just recently completed that program in april so i've learned um like sql programming um digital um so you can query databases and extract data i've learned tableau which is a data visualization tool and what else did we learn? Um, those are probably the big two, um, big two. And I've also been learning Python. And with Python, I've been doing some machine learning stuff. So outside of the program I was in at work, I've mm-hmm. also been working on my own projects, you know, outside of work at home. So I recently built a machine learning uh, script in Python that will allow you to, um, to read. It's called natural language processing. So it can basically read um, spreadsheets <laughs> and it can classify text. So that's a pretty big deal for me because it's going to help me with my job. So ultimately, I want to use that skill set to propel me into a technology-focused career. I would like to do something that's like healthcare adjacent or still healthcare related, but I want my job to be more more tech-focused. And that's really, you know, where the money is. But I also have an interest in technology too. And I really, I'm at a place where I really need to um, advance my career and and find a lucrative, a more lucrative salary. <laughs> And I admire that so because a lot of times we get kind of complacent, you know, people we get comfortable, complacent and to have the wherewithal to, you know, have a desire and not leave it on the back burner, but pick it up and, you know, really start to get those wheels moving on that. I mean, I love it. I love it. Regardless of me thinking that I'm a spring chicken. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really not. (laughs) I heard them say you're as young as you feel. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Look, if I don't get up and move these bones, I'm gonna feel old. So, <laughs> yes, but I mean, and again, this is a, a a wonderful opportunity to encourage our listeners that it is never too late. If you got mm-hmm. something in the back of your mind that you know you've always had like a, a love for, and you really wanted to take time and delve into it. I want to tell you right here, go for it. Because what is the what is the saying where it says nothing beats no, nothing beats a try but a, or nothing, nothing beats a failure but a try. There you go. That's it. Nothing beats a failure but a try. And right now, that's so true. Right now, you can learn how to do anything. I won't say it's easy to reinvent yourself because it takes a lot of hard work. But if, if there ever was a time where um, the barriers have been removed, 
you know, the internet, Google and YouTube, you can learn so many things <laughs> on Google and YouTube. And if you want to pay for it, Coursera and Udemy, you can learn a whole lot of many things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're interested in changing your trajectory or pivoting or something like that. So if you have something, you know, purpose in your heart, absolutely go for it, for sure. Yes. And and listen, y'all, she's encouraged me, you know, you know, with the situation I've been going through, I said, I don't want to just sit here idle. What else can I do? And I've really kind of started to have an interest in graphic design. So, you know, I, I've sought out some workshops and, and got on good YouTube and, and you know, just practicing. And, and thankfully, you know, our church lets us practice on them. So I get to make things and do things and uh so yes, be be encouraged if you have if you want to make that shift, if you want to make that pivot. You're right. This is the time, especially after um, COVID and and with the rise of people working from home or more jobs being available, um, working from home. Hey, you know, make it happen. Make it happen. Can Try I, it. Mm -hmm. Can I stop and say something? I am so proud of you, friend. Oh, thanks. I'm so so proud of you. <laughs> Because we have talked about, you know, like different tools and stuff, you know, you can use in different entrepreneurial, you know, adventures. And I know that this has been a challenging time um, with you um, being sick and, you know, adjusting and, you know, claiming your healing and being restored um, and, and working. So yeah. I'm, I'm so proud of you. And, you know, this podcast that, you know, you started out on, I, I think this is great. Which is great. I'm super proud that of you. means a lot, and you have been a, a real driving force behind it. And, and more is to come because she she really trying to get me to do these classes online. Still trying to figure it out. Do some piano and some music classes. I know. Oh it's, yeah, we don't we don't spoke some life over you. We're not going to talk about all that on the podcast. Okay. We don't we don't spoke some you know on the phone. We yeah we have the good key keys and the conversations. Like right. you know we are the holders of each other's secrets. But yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's great. But we more is to come. More is to come. I'll leave it right there. And speak, speaking of your entrepreneurial spirit, initially that's what I thought this podcast was gonna be to push that, but you told me, you know, can we just talk about it? it ain't there no more, but talk about your the uh the company that you you have, you don't wanna do that. We can talk about it. <laughs> We can talk about it. Actually, so I, I still get orders. So I have a um, a skincare company. It's called Marita's Essentials. I started making um, soaps and body butters. It was like 2007. It was before I left Flint. Um, and I kind of stopped. Soaps and body butters. I stopped because my mom, I got married in 2007 and um, got divorced in 2008. My mom died in 2008. 2008 uh, really wasn't a good year. So the business kind of suffered as a result of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I didn't pick it back up until 2015. But yeah, I restarted Marita's Essentials. Um, so we made soaps. We moved on to like body wash. We don't make as many soaps anymore. Um, body butters. But I, um, I'm not focused on that business right now. I'm not doing a lot of promotion of that business because I am um, trying to upskill and pivot into a tech-focused job. So I mm -hmm. spend a lot of time um, learning. But yeah, um, I've had quite a bit of experience with entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is not for the faint at heart. Yeah. Mm -mm. Absolutely. <laughs> 
it's, it's not wanna... easy, but yeah, it's it's a, it's a path that you can take and be successful in for sure. Mm-hmm. But lots of work, lots of work, lots of work. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people maybe, and I guess I shouldn't say a lot, but some people may think when I work for myself, then I, you know, but they don't understand. There are still deadlines, timelines. There's still you have to be consistent. You know, you got to have your product in front of people's face. You got to advertise. There's so many moving parts that have to be on point to get the success that you're looking for. So, yeah, I just wanted you to touch there just to that just um, is another, you know, proof of your well-roundedness, your <laughs> fearless and awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah, anybody that has an entrepreneurial spirit, I I encourage you to pursue it. Um, I would also encourage you to pursue it with a little bit of money saved. Like, it's not something that I recommend you quit your job and just jump off into. Like, start um, whatever venture you have, you know, with a little bit of money saved and, you know, try to grow it while you're still working. To me, that's the best case scenario. But a lot of times we um, there's so much... uh, hustle culture and entrepreneurial culture, you know, out here right now, people make it seem like it's easy and, oh, you can start a business with $50. Mm, You can. I don't know how successful it's going to be, but you can. Mm -hmm. Um, You really need to to have some some dollars ready to invest for it to um, for it to take off like you probably would want it to. Yeah. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. So um, as we close here, listen, like we in church. (laughs) I'm getting ready to close. Right. (laughs) You know, Mother's Day is upon us. And um, I do want to tell you that during this weekend, and as I always do, I will keep you in my prayers. I pray for you. um, And I pray that God covers you and keeps you. But, you know, like you said, you lost your mother in 2009. Um, yep, 2008. 2008, 2008. Yep. Okay. And um, I want you to just share, especially being an only child, um, just share about that experience because I know a lot of times, you know, when we come to holidays like this, it's, it's really a difficult time for people who have lost. Their, but I want you to just share, um, share about your mom. She was a great, great person. So, um, Going back to, I think, when I first introduced myself, like my mom, her name was um, Virginia Hurston. She was a school teacher in Beecher. She's from Alabama. She's from a little small town, Camp Hill, Alabama. And I, you know what? Talking about adventure, I got some of my adventure from my mother. Okay. See? Because my mother is from a really small, like, rural community in Alabama. She, um, her mother had an eighth grade education, I believe, because my grandmother's father would not allow her to go to school. So my grandmother, her name was Maggie, she was, it was very important for her, for my mother to be able to go to school. My mother was the um, the youngest child, mm-hmm. but um, it was very important for her, for my mom to be able to go to school. So she, you know, saw to it that my mom was able to go to school and go to high school. And my mom graduated from high school when she was 16 years old. She was valedictorian of her class. And she went on to um, Selma College in Alabama, and from that was like a two-year school. And so she moved from uh, Selma when she graduated there. She went on to Alabama A&M University, 
And when she completed her, I guess, degree in teaching, she um, she wasn't really able to find work there. So uh, I think she said she saw an ad in the newspaper and she took the bus to New York uh, to get a job there. And the job was like doing like domestic work, you know, like that movie, The Help. Yeah. So the, the job was going to be her doing domestic work. And she was like, no, I don't want to do this. So she got back on the bus and went back to Alabama. <laughs> but because she was the youngest, she had older siblings. And um, one of my uncles, Uncle Johnny, had moved to Detroit. And he was working in the shop. And somewhere or another, or something like that, one of her brothers, mm-hmm. their wife, it was my Uncle Sam, his wife, Lula, knew somebody that worked in Beecher or something like that and knew of a job. So my mom moved up here to Detroit. And she ended up getting a job in Beecher, like through this, you know, connection to her sister-in-law. So my mom worked in Beecher for 31 years. <laughs> and she had, she met, married my dad along the way and had me. But yeah, she, she impacted a lot of people. Like I'm friends with some of her, her former students and stuff on Facebook. <laughs> she, yeah, she made an impact. So that's my, uh, that's one of my prayers is that I can be as half as impactful as my mother was. Mm-hmm. Well, you you are definitely there. If if you didn't impact nobody but me, you, <laughs> I know you're a part of a sorority. You didn't even say that you're a Delta. Right? Oh yeah, um, Delta Sigma Theta. Mm-hmm. So I know you guys do like community outreach and work and things like that. So you yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely have made an in, impact. But yeah, I just wanted to. Um, so you discovered where you got your your. Um, fearlessness or your sense of adventure from your mom. Yeah, from my mother. (laughs) Yeah, it takes a lot to be able to come from a small town and just, you know, chart a course on your own, you know. So that's that's great. great. She was very, um, very determined, probably a little bit stubborn, definitely adventurous and, you know, a little bit of fearless too. But yeah, she she made a way for herself and she, um, definitely you know lifted herself out of poverty because when they were growing up they were poor so she definitely you know raised herself up from that and um made a path for herself made a made a good life for herself and left a legacy now turning um connecting again to your your new um adventures in 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 like coding and things like that um i remember you telling me that your mom it was important to her that you were involved in tech things like way back in the day. Oh yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So I how old was I maybe seven or eight? So well, let me back up. So however old I was, I remember they bought me a computer, a TRS eighty computer mm. from Radio Shack. And it was one of those computers that had a cassette tape for a disk drive. So it was like a literal, like little cassette tape that you would put in there. And that was like the disk drive that you, how you uh, program the computer to do stuff. <laughs> like, And so they always believed in making sure that like I had a computer, like since I was a kid, um, you know, before my father passing. So I went from like the TRS-80 to, I think she bought me an Ecos computer. I don't know if you remember Ecos that used yes. to be on Miller Road. She bought me an Ecos computer. It was like a little desktop tower. And you would change out the floppy disk and all of that. She bought me a laptop. So, yeah, she and my mother did not know how to work a computer at all. I don't think she could even turn one on. But 
she was like, you know, it's important. I know that this is something that you need in order to be successful in life. She believed in, like, her mother wanted her to be successful and set up and made sure that she was able to go to high school and all of that stuff. My mother wanted to make sure that, you know, I had the tools to to give me a good chance at life. Um, and I didn't, I wasn't really interested in studying computer science and stuff when I was in school. I was definitely thankful that I had, you know, the tools and knew how to use the tools. But I wasn't interested in studying like computer science when I went to college. But I've always known how to use technology. I didn't really understand how it works, but I've always known how to use technology. So it's interesting going back now, understanding how it works and um, learning how to code and, you know, build stuff. And it's crazy to me, like artificial intelligence, like you could teach the computer how to read words and you could teach the computer how to talk. Like you could teach the computer how to do anything. Wow. <laughs> and it's, it's absolutely fascinating. Wow. Well, it sounds very fascinating. And, and I'm telling you, you are a fascinating person. And I'm so <laughs> glad that God has blessed you to be my forever friend. And I just want to thank you so much for joining us today. I This was fun. And I'm, I'm glad to um, formally introduce you to my uh, audience as my first forever friend. And um, so I just appreciate you so much. Uh, this has been great. Um, this was awesome, and we didn't cut up. Good for us. <laughs> we didn't because you know, we go off with the nine nine in the two thousand. But okay, yeah, we we did good. Right, right. And look, look, and she she has on our merchandise. Look, I do. Don't have yours. Those of you who are viewing us on YouTube, you don't have yours. Even those that are listening. Go to www.thekingdomconscience.com and you can pick up yours. We have several colors. Um, I thank you so much, friend, for, for doing that for me all. Uh, we got merch. Get your merch <laughs> at the Kingdom Conscience Podcast. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Well, I love you to life and I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God's best is all that you have. I pray that all the desires of your heart that he will give you Thank you. I received that. I received it. Yes. (laughs) Yay and amen. (laughs) Until next time, you all, thank you for tuning in. And I want you all to keep living for the kingdom. All right. Bye bye. Love you.